following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's the Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys as I'm live from inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And we're back and better than ever, 9.30 every weekday morning as we preview the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. A Sunday afternoon matchup. It's week two, episode three. Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and the great... Heckma Harrison joining you as always. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And guys, it's uh, it's Wednesday. And Isaiah, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, my friend. Because ah, I was told it. I, knew it was coming. I was told by, mm. by you, yourself, uh, a former teammate of mm-hmm. one certain mm-hmm. Earl Thomas, mm-hmm. that he would be a Dallas Cowboy mm. by now. And that there would be movement mm. on that front. And, yeah. you know, I'm looking at the yeah. clock and I'm seeing, man, it's September 16th. It's a Wednesday where is Earl, mm. Isaiah? Where is Earl? And I want to know yeah. why there's you no know Earl Thomas. Kyle, I, I have a response for you, Kyle. That's a heck of a question. And I, <laughs> I had a feeling that it was coming, being that I have my crystal ball at times. Yeah. Um, I feel as if my crystal ball got a little murky, oh. right? It got a little murky. Did it now. And, 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 and it, got murky, it got murky in the form of, uh, of, of, of injuries this past week uh, that really took uh, really took the helm and really kind of took over, um, overshadowed what should have been a uh, all pro Hall of Fame currently in his prime <laughs> safety in the name of Earl Thomas that should have been an addition to this team yesterday. Um, but because of the injuries at right tackle, because of the injuries at linebacker, because of our inability to stop the ball being ran up our throat, our inability mm. to block the inside, I think that's become more of a precedent to address more than signing this current Hall of Fame player. Oh, what had happened was. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Yeah, what had happened was. Kind of, kind of sounds like that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that that's the, I guess, the, the big no news story of the day is that we are into the point where veterans' contracts are no longer guaranteed for the remainder of the season unless pri- mm-hmm. priorly noted. Uh, but Earl Thomas is not a part of the Dallas Cowboys, and neither have the Cowboys really done a whole lot in terms of starting caliber players that have been brought in. But, Rob, there were plenty of moves made yesterday in terms of guys being brought in off of other practice squads. The Cowboys were very active on waivers. Kind of run through some of those moves and what kind of impact they have in terms of the Cowboys this week. Yeah, I guess they didn't uh, They didn't make moves to fill starting positions, mm-hmm. right? But they did because they talked about in-house, and I guess they are doing that, but it's going to be guys already on the roster taking more snaps most likely. They did address a couple spots with some practice squad poachings, if you want to call it that. Alex Light, offensive tackle off the Cardinals practice squad, and linebacker Rashad Smith off Chicago's practice squad. He's a rookie uh, free agent out of FAU. And so, you know, also, oh, I I forgot to mention, Brandon Carr, as we're talking about veteran DBs, he's on the 53-man roster now, I assume for the rest of the season, unless something happens. And and we'll see what his workload's going to be this week. But 
hey, three open spots with three guys headed to, to IR, not only Leighton Vander Esch and, and, and Blake Jarwin, but Cam Irving as well with a sprained knee. So all three out for a minimum of three weeks. We know Vander Esch is out for about six to eight, Jarwin out for the season, and we'll see what happens with Cam Irving, but trying to get some tackle depth there as well. And I'm a little surprised they didn't go with, you know, Francis Bernard maybe as a call-up from the practice squad. They go with Rashad Smith instead. Mm-hmm. Well, we only heard the last thing you said, and that was instead. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it was awesome. Um, oh man, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I, I just awesome. I, let me do a quick recap for you fellas. All right, please. Alex Light, Rashad Smith, and Brandon Carr are your call-ups. Uh, two poachings from the practice squad from Arizona and the Bears. Carr gets called up, three guys to IR, Jarwin, Van Der Esch, and Cam Irving for a minimum of three weeks for Irving. So we'll see what happens. They're, they're going to have to fill some things in-house, apparently, with their starting spots, but they add some depth from other teams. Now, and, Smith is, Rashad Smith is, is a guy that I'm familiar with, uh, and it sounded like to me, Rob, he was someone that our scouts had targeted prior to the draft and obviously wanted to get him uh, but the Chicago Bears plucked him away from us. And it, to me, coming out of Florida Atlantic, he was the, was a guy that would fit perfectly into a 3-4 scheme. So I'm really interested to see how he's going to fit into the Cowboys scheme. Yeah, I, I think he is somebody that's yeah. going to be interesting because you talk about the instead of uh, you have uh, – Excuse me. Instead of having Francis Bernard, you go with him instead. That, that's the the term that I'm kind of pointing at right now is the fact that you still didn't call up Francis Bernard. I know that's what really the media and those who were watching training camp and everybody's kind of uh, at least relying on, or at least that was the first thought that popped in our head. But Rob, why didn't they go with a guy like Francis Bernard? I, I guess maybe we just overestimated his training camp, mm. you know, and and, and maybe we. Maybe we did in a few different spots as well, you know, in terms of how guys looked in practice and then it didn't carry over the game. I I think they like him, uh, but obviously, like as Heckma said, Smith's a guy that they liked coming out of school. And you look at his production in college, he's only about 220 pounds, but he is a fly-around, make-plays guy. I think he had over 300 tackles in college. So, you know, but it's going to – can he play special teams and how effective is he on special teams? And if he's going to be active, obviously they must feel good about that. No, Rob, that is absolutely the truth <laughs> when it comes down to what they're doing at the linebacker because Francis Bernard would have to play special teams. So maybe that made the difference between going with him over Francis Bernard. It might have been the difference. And Isaiah, I know you're a guy who's, who's played on special teams before. And is there really that kind of that battle? I, I know, especially early in the weeks, we talk about it in training camp all the time. And we, we mentioned it in training camp. But whenever it comes into that first couple weeks of the season, if you're a practice squad guy, you really got to up your special teams game, correct? Absolutely. I mean, special teams is huge. I mean, I know we, we spend a lot of energy talking about offense and defense, but uh, there's the other third of the game uh, that's kind of important uh, in terms of field, <laughs> in terms of not only just scoring points, but uh, just feel to, you know, just just feel the possession right where, where we're at on the field. You know, a, a simple play such as a punt. You know, we, we saw it last week, you know, where, where the Cowboys were given some great field position um, because of because of their punter 
freaking booted the ball dang near out the stadium. Um, and and that, those things matter. Um, and then being able to cover on those plays matter. Um, so if you're a, you're a practice squad guy um, and you know, you're going out there and during your week of practice, you have an opportunity to show that, guess what, this starter or whoever else I'm facing in practice, you know, they're not as good as I am in this regard, and you guys need to make some room for me. Mm-hmm. And Hey, I will say this about Francis Bernard, guys. For the second straight week, you know, you get to protect four of your practice squad guys from being, you know, signed from another team. He's been protected two weeks in a row. So obviously they like him. Uh, but, you know, I guess Smith really stood out to him as, as an option. One other note on Alex Light, the, the offensive tackle. He played for Mike McCarthy in 2018. So there's some familiarity there uh, and some insurance there, I guess, depending on what they do. You got Terrence Steele and you got Brandon Knight potentially as a tackle option too. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that, Rob, because you're talking about offensive tackle and you're mentioning the the depth and the backup plan, at least as Alex Light is is concerned about this Cowboys offensive line. And really, they were graded the, the third worst offensive performance from an offensive line by Pro Football Focus in week one. I have a couple questions for you guys, and you might be able to take this uh, – one way or the other way, you may agree or disagree, but I was kind of playing around with the depth chart this week, and I was looking at the Cowboys' offensive line, and of course, Connor Williams kind of struggled as a left guard this past week. You had the right guard spot, of course, Zach Martin, he's going to be, he's locked in, Joe Looney at center. What would you think about potentially putting uh, a Connor Williams back out at right tackle, which is really what he played throughout his career at Texas in college? And then throwing maybe a Joe Looney or a Connor McGovern at left guard, and then having a Tyler Biotish play center or even a, a Connor McGovern play center. Is there any objection to that, or what's what's so difficult about doing something of that kind of I, shifting around on the offensive line? I sense an objection from Isaiah. <laughs> I, I, I believe, and no disrespect, this is we're this is just our opinions, right? Okay. Um, however. You, ooh, how can I address it? <laughs> Connor Williams, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm being very selective here. Chest. Um, un- unfortunately, yeah, same with my chest. Unfortunately, Connor Williams faced arguably the best defensive lineman in the league, which he did yes. this past week. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's that's we're gonna give him that benefit of the doubt. He got ragdolled, he got disrespected. Zeke got disrespected. Zach Martin got disrespected. Looney got disrespected. Everybody got disrespected by this by that gentleman. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna act like that didn't even happen. Um, but what you, what you're suggesting? Um, he got disrespected with help on both sides of him. Correct. Yeah. He had a left tackle and he had a center. Yeah. Correct. He had he had. Am I, am I right? So we had Big Smith on the left, and we had Big Looney on his right. Correct. And he still got ragdolled. So you're suggesting that we put him on an island in the NFC East Conference where there are some dogs out there that we're going to be facing. And I, I really want to kind of speak to mm, the Washington Redskins maybe. Okay. Um, and you want to put him on an island by himself to fend for himself where he can get ragdolled and, and potentially – have a straight line to your franchise quarterback. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, the Cowboys don't play the Redskins <laughs> until week eight. And by that point, I'm hoping that Lyle Collins is back at right tackle because I still okay, think Lyle Collins will okay. come back. Emphatic, no. I'm mostly okay, talking about me. Atlanta, Seattle, no, maybe no, Cleveland. I, I get it, Kyle. That was a, man, Kyle Yeomans, that's a great conversation piece, mm. but. 
No, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think that that's what you want to do. Uh, and, and also with Steele, just going back and watching the tape of Steele, man, he, look, he did a serviceable job. I know we're going to talk about later possibly getting him some help with, with tight ends mm -hmm. uh, to the right of him as well. But this, it, he didn't do as bad a job as making Connor Williams your right tackle. And, and champ, like you said, it, Connor Williams won't have to go against 99 next week and the week thereafter, right? That's a one-time deal, hopefully, into the playoffs. But still, <laughs> but still, we, we understand how that is. And, and also, the, the one thing about it is Looney is your veteran center. He, yeah. You, you got to go with that. And I think that experience, especially with the abbreviated preseason and everything else, you just that, that, that's definitely going to keep... Uh, Mike McCarthy up at night with a rookie center. So I think this out of comfort right now, we just got to give it another week for Connor Williams. I think he's going to come around. We also have to mention that he came off of an ACL surgery also. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. But Kyle, I'm going to throw you a, a raft here. I'm okay. throw you a raft. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> throw it. <laughs> I kind of like it. Thank I kind of like it. Now, I don't think Dang it's going it, to happen. Rob. No, I don't think Dang so either. It, I don't think it's going to happen. And I, But I, I threw it out there yesterday as, as just an emergency option. You know, if things aren't going well or if there's another injury at tackle, you know, Connor Williams played tackle in college, yes. basically. And um, I, I think his athleticism is a good fit out there if they needed to make a change. I don't think they will. And like you guys said, give him – you know, give him some time coming off the injury. Huge, tough matchup. Tough, beyond a tough matchup in week one. Um, but I do think they have some flexibility there. Also, I mean, if you had to really dig, dig deep in the bag, Zach Martin could go out there too. So they have some flexibility there. I just don't know how they feel about how, you know, Connor McGovern and Tyler Biotis have come along so far in camp. If they're ready to step in and play starter snaps right now, I don't know about that. Uh, but obviously they felt like Karen Steele was. Uh, which came, came to surprise yeah. everybody pretty much. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rob, just just because it's a, a life raft doesn't mean that it's inflated. Just, just so. <laughs> you think Rob would, would, would float me fair, a flat fair enough, life fair raft? Enough. Oh, man, that would that'd be the ultimate yeah. savage just trying move. trying to help you out, bud. Yeah, just, try, hey, just grab on, I'll pull. It's got a rope attached to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I don't think it'll happen. I just um, I was playing around with the depth chart, and, and whenever you look at the, the past of both Looney and Williams, the fact that they've played those positions stuck out to me. I mean, Looney played the majority of the beginning of his career at guard, whereas you saw, uh, like you said, Connor Williams at Texas playing at a, a tackle role. And I think if you have two guys like McGovern, like Biotish, that could come in and play center, maybe not at the, the level of Joe Looney, but you sure up two other spots and, and sacrifice maybe a little bit of one, I, I think there's uh, at least something to play around with there. I don't think it'll happen. I don't really believe it. it it should happen but it's just something to think about with this offensive line if things do go south well hey, things go south i would keep looney where he is at center but mm -hmm. I, I, it is interesting that when i think connor williams shoe fell off and for like one play in the game yeah and it was it was biotish that came biotish. in at, at, at left guard mm -hmm. so I saw that that was interesting you know, that's interesting hey rob you know you know what else i saw I saw that Biotis was not ready to come in the game because by the time <laughs> by the time that Connor Williams got all the way to the sideline, Biotis was just getting his helmet. So oh, I no. saw that yeah. as well. Oh man, you gotta stay ready. You gotta <laughs> yep. stay ready. You gotta be ready. That's a rook move. The Wisconsin center playing a little bit of left guard. That's probably why he wasn't ready, is because he was like, "Oh, I gotta go play left guard." Okay, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break because, like you guys were just talking about, Aaron Donald was a problem on Sunday. 
Tack McKinley could be a problem this upcoming Sunday. We're going to preview the defense tomorrow. We've got the Atlanta offense versus the Cowboys defense when we return here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment of the Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah. Stand back as we get you ready for Falcons Week here at the Star in Frisco as the Cowboys take on the 0-1 Atlanta Falcons. We're going to preview the offense of this matchup. And when I mean offense, it's with a capital O from the Atlanta Falcons' perspective because – They put up some numbers against a pretty stout Seattle defense on Sunday, even with Seattle getting the win. 38-25 was the final score of that one. Atlanta finished with the most offense in the NFC last week, 506 total yards, most in a season opening game by Atlanta Mm. since 2014 when they had 568 against New Orleans. So the, the fact that Atlanta is firing on all cylinders, it really revolves around the passing game. Matt Ryan, 450 yards of passing through the air, three, count them, one, two, three, 100-yard receivers, Russell Gage, then you had Calvin Ridley, and then last week's NFL leading receiver, Julio Jones. So, guys, I know we had this conversation last week, Isaiah, and I'm looking at you. It's mm-hmm. it's whiteouts yeah. versus whiteouts again. We're going to talk about the Atlanta whiteouts today. We'll talk about the Cowboys versus their defense tomorrow. But this is a, another stout passing game, and it's one that even has a stout running game with Todd Gurley back there as well. What do you think about the offense overall, Isaiah? 
I am nervous mm. uh, for all of Cowboys Nation because, uh, like my statement I made on Monday, which wasn't well received from Cowboys Nation, there's a real possibility now that we can go 0-2. Reason being, reason being, this offense is probably one of the most talented offenses in the entire NFL. You have a veteran quarterback in the form of some dude named Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Matty Ice. Mm. Um, he gets the name Ice for a reason because he's ice cold. Um, then you give him, <laughs> you give him, uh, in my opinion, the best receiver in the NFL um, mm. by the name of Julio Jones. Um, you give him a secondary receiver by the name of mm, Calvin Ridley, who can blaze all day long. And then you bring in this dude named Russell Gage. Um, oh, and by the way, <laughs> there's a tight end that they have um, that they picked up in a trade who was a first-round draft pick who is now on their team named by the name of Hayden Hurst. Yep. Um, and then you get a dude who's been disrespected, who's probably the most angry running back in the NFL uh, by the name of Todd Gurley. This team is stacked. Um, if last week's performance by them against Seattle didn't show everybody that these dudes are not to be messed with, they just happen to play a better Seattle team. Seattle's really good this year, but Matt Ryan still threw for 400-plus yards. They had three 100-yard receivers, like you said, Kyle. These guys didn't just have 100-yard receivers, 100-yard games like, like it was just like big plays. These guys had nine receptions each. Nine receptions each for 157, 130 and two touchdowns and 114 yards. Fellas, bootstraps need to be strapped on because we're going for a ride this week. <laughs> Heckma, is this secondary in trouble? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, look, to, to, let me just say this to Isaiah's, <laughs> to Isaiah's point about uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And look, guys, I, I'm, I don't know if, if – no, I should say this. Now, there's a the – Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest, Heck. Say it with your chest. The Chrysler 300 looks a lot like a Rolls Royce from a distance, <laughs> but when you get right up on wow. it, you realize it's a it's Chrysler, Chrysler wow. 300. <laughs> right? so, so, look, they have a Rolls Royce, and they have a, a, a little Bentley on the side, but the other one, man, that's, that's a Chrysler 300. So You're calling like, Russell Gage a Chrysler 300? Look, this is what I'm saying. The Atlanta Falcons, do they do have a lot of, uh, of weapons. And the Cowboys, if you go back to last week's tape, if we don't stop the, the screens, those smoke routes, we're going to be in trouble all season long. So that's True. something that we're going to have to fix anyway. And to mention Todd Gurley in that conversation, yeah, man, I mean, play action, you're going to have to respect the heck out of play action this week because of, of Todd Gurley. Last mm -hmm. week, the Atlanta Falcons in that toss sweep with Gurley, my God, it was devastating to see for Seattle in the first half, but Seattle just started selling out. Uh, to stop that, and that's exactly what Dallas's defense is going to have to do again. Look, the our rookie Trayvon Diggs last week, he looked phenomenal. And I know he had a couple the catches over him, and they were in close quarters, and he was right there. But I know that that rookie is going to make some adjustments. The Cowboys secondary, they do have their work cut out for them, but at the same time, man, Atlanta and all these nicknames, the Mashal, Matty Ice, look, man, he is somebody that will give you the ball. So he ain't as ice cold as they say he is. Ooh, you say you call him lukewarm, huh? Goodness. Man, <laughs> Heck was. man I don't know. I'd say this Falcon, it's better than, it's a luxury vehicle, this Falcons <laughs> offense. Come on now. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty talented all over the board, right? I mean. Yeah. 
That's what I, they say. That's what they say. I mean, Todd Gurley, uh, he was basically abandoned in L.A. He goes to Atlanta. And you want me to believe that we're, we're back at square one with Todd Gurley from three years ago? He has to show me. That's all. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, you guys covered the receivers. And, and Hayden Hurst, you're right, Isaiah. Athletic tight end. And I'm curious if Brandon Carr is active. Is that somebody that maybe uh, that's a matchup? Maybe yeah. that's a matchup to watch. We saw Daryl Worley come in and, and cover tight ends in week one. Um, I'm looking at the running game to, to piggyback on what Heck said because they established the run early against Seattle. I think at halftime, Gurley was getting five yards a pop. Mm-hmm. They yep. just fell, fell behind and, and, had, and had to throw. That's, there's no way that that's as efficient as they wanted. They want to be more balanced than having to throw Absolutely. 54 times. Um, so, so how do the Cowboys stop that running game as well as the short passing game, as Heckman mentioned? And I'm just looking at that matchup up front between in the trenches because the Falcons have really tried to upgrade that offensive line. They, I think they've got three first-round picks on there, uh, mm-hmm. pro bowler at center with Alex Mack, and, um, and another third-round pick. So, you know, I, I think they're improved there, and they needed to be because I think, I think Ryan was sacked 40-something times last couple seasons – can the yeah. Cowboys stop the run and force them into that one-dimensional stuff? That's, to me, I think they're going to try to be balanced with Gurley and not go away from him like maybe the Rams did at times last year. I think that's a fantastic point, Rob, because when you look at Matt Ryan and his stats last week, 450 yards jumps off the stat sheet. It always will. That's a, a, a crazy number to put up. But you, you mentioned it. He threw the ball 54 times. That's tied for the second most attempts in a single game mm-hmm. And Matty Ice's career, which, by the way, I think it's crazy that he's already been playing since 2008. It feels like yesterday he was coming out of Boston College. But uh, with that being said, it was the 12th time that he's thrown for 50 or more passing attempts in a game. His record in those games, 3-9. and So whenever you force them to abandon the run and you force them to throw the football around... They're going to lose. They might lose. I don't want to say they're going to lose because they've won three of those games, and you look at the receivers, they're probably the best receivers Matty Ice has had throughout his career. And I'm talking about Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and then Russell Gage. Don't sleep on Russell Gage. That guy's fantastic. I think he's a guy who's undersung. It's kind of like how Michael Gallup was last year. Younger guys, just 24 years old, out of LSU. This is a kid that uh, is going to continue emerging, and I think he's on that same track of what a Calvin Ridley was, maybe without the fanfare. I mean, he was a sixth-round pick, but this is a guy who is going to continue to improve, and he looked like a Lamborghini last week. He didn't look like no Chrysler 300, and I think this whole offense (laughs) – Hold on now. Now, here's the thing. Seattle was, after they had gained the lead, they were in Mm -hmm. pretty much a prevent defense. And so that's where you got a bunch of those yards from, guys. I mean, I understand you look at the stat sheet and make you go, oh, my God, this guy's a stud. But did you watch the film, though? The narrative. Absolutely, I did. I know you did. That's what I'm, That's what I'm saying. You should have seen that <laughs> Russell Gage was not just going up against the previous defense. This is so we're talking about when we talk about Atlanta and their threat to Dallas. I realize that they have a trio. They have a trio of wide receivers that can do damage. Mm-hmm. I, I see that clearly. And a great but at tight the same end. time, if you make them abandon and a great tight end and, and a great running back. Up, 
And if they abandon the run, they're going to have to throw. And like you just said, they're three and nine in those contests. And I'll take my I'll take those numbers. Yeah. uh, Right now. All I'm saying, look, basically the Cowboys defense, they do have their work cut out for them. I'm not trying to undermine who uh, the Atlanta Falcons are. But at the same time, I'm looking at their body of work. I'm looking at where they were last year. They started the season off two and six. Mm -hmm. And Dan Quinn's head was on the chopping block. So we have to remember that history if we're going to talk about future performance and that what's coming up on Sunday at 12. So I'm all things being considered, mm. all things being considered. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is our responsibility to stop Gurley and the guy that's only referred to by his first name. And I think we'll we'll have this game in the bag. Isaiah, I'll let you go uh, at can this I give first. A input, please. Yes. Yes. Thank go you, at Kyle. It. I really appreciate it. Let me adjust, let me adjust my headphones here. <laughs> um, Heckma, heckma, heckma. I love you to death, sir. Um, however, um, you, you disrespected this offense by calling them a Chrysler 300. Um, Julio, I know we talked about bringing Brandon Carr up, uh, and, and, we, and we keep saying things that are really common sense, right? If you abandon the run, you have to pass. Obviously, right? Um, I think if anybody knows that, Cowboys Nation knows that, right? Uh, we had to, we got, we got behind last year, and what did we do? Oh, all of a sudden, uh, we throw for all these, you know, four thousand plus yards. Of course, you got to throw the ball around when you're playing from behind. So yep. that's why Matty Ice threw the ball over fifty times. Um, they don't want to do that. They want Matt Ryan to throw the ball about thirty to thirty-five times a game. Why? Because they have that dude in the backfield that you guys seemingly, I'm gonna say you guys, but I know Heck has disrespected him already today on this show. Um, by the name of Todd Gurley. And by the way, Todd Gurley, the last, um, since 2017, he has played against the Dallas Cowboys, I believe, three times. Mm -hmm. And of those three times, he rushed for over 100 yards two of those games. Mm -hmm. So he is a dog, and he likes playing against the Cowboys, and I think he's probably feeling disrespected not only by Mr. Heckma Harrison, but but also by the rest of the NFL because he was disregarded and um, and kicked out of L.A. Um, as a disgruntled employee, and now he's here with an opportunity with Atlanta with a with a quarterback at the helm and other weapons, maybe arguably more weapons than even the Rams have um, on this team, and he is going to do work. So if the Cowboys look anything like they looked last week on this defensive line against the run, there's going to be a problem. And if they do, if Mike Nolan does decide to bring pressure, he's caught in a little 2020, right? He's caught in between. He can't really blitz the way he wants to. He has historically because you can't go man-to-man outside. You can't guard these guys man to man. Who are you gonna who are you gonna let guard Julio Jones man to man? So you can't blitz and you can't sit back in the zone and play the way you played last week because you got the ball ran up your throat. So what do you do? It's- so so every time, every week, everybody that we come against, are they gonna be King Kong every week? Because at the same time, <laughs> there are there, we are gonna be out there on the field with them as well. You asked me an honest question, I gave you an honest answer. I appreciate the honesty, you, sir. When it comes down to Julio, I'm watching out for Julio from the schoolyard. That's it. Now, yep. Todd Gurley, he's gonna have to show me that he still has it because he didn't have it last year. Okay. So everybody else, a six-round draft pick. Calvin Ridley, I already told you, the baby Bentley sitting next to the Rolls Royce. I got respect for that. But at the same time, I'm looking at the same film you guys are looking at, and I have hope that our defense will make those adjustments. Mm. And, oh, by the way, 
we discovered this guy by the name of Alden Smith, who is rocking and mm-hmm. is one and a half sacks away from having 50 sacks, putting mm-hmm. him in, in great company. Yeah. Uh, look, look, I don't know if Alden Smith will go to Canton, but what's the next town over from Canton? He at least got to go to that town, right? Because I don't ever remember a guy playing in the first, his first game after a five-year break and having 12 tackles. Look, I know that this team is going to show up next. And look, I'm hoping that we show mm-hmm. up next week and we know who we have to stop. But I'm not going to make Todd Gurley bigger than what I have to make him and say, oh, my God, oh, my God, Todd Gurley's coming to town. He didn't have it then. I'm telling you the Cowboys defense is going to get stops this week. I'm a homer. Call me what you want to. <laughs> I love it. And I love the passion. Respect. And respect. I love I respect yeah. every single point that you've made. And you mentioned it. Every week isn't going to be like this where you look on the other side and you say, uh-oh, that's a matchup problem, but Todd it was Gurley. it was a matchup it's problem just, this past just week. Just the first though. three games, Kyle. That's the thing. The first exactly. It was it was a matchup problem week one. We saw that the the offense had their way. It was these little seven eight yard dink and dunk under the secondary, really forcing the Cowboys defense to make a play in the front seven. They didn't necessarily do that. This might be the opposite. This might be, hey, we're going to run the football and stuff it until we want to go long and we want to hit Julio, the Lamborghini on the side of the field and find a way to to get him the football deep down the field. But, Rob, whenever you talk about this Atlanta offense and you look at what the Cowboys have defensively, which position group, but real quickly before we go to break, which position group scares you the most from a Cowboys defensive perspective against this offense? Just receiver. I mean, that's (laughs) arguably the talented, most talented trio potentially. I mean, we talked about the Cowboys, Rams, Bucks. I think you put the Falcons up there too. Absolutely. uh, In in that mix. But I do, I got respect for Gurley. And I do think what we saw in week one, they've got to be able to stop the run. They've got to be able to create some better third down situations for themselves. I I went back and looked at it 17 third downs for the Rams. They were only in third long three times. So they got to kind of do whatever they want. They were constantly comfortable. So I think it starts with being able to control the line of scrimmage and try to get Matt Ryan, who's not the most mobile quarterback, in some third, third and longs. And then Alden Smith, who you're right, heck, is a big-time bright spot from week one. Then he can tee off. Then Tank can tee off. Everson Griffin. And then you can get back to what you're doing, what you do well with your D-line. And, and Rob, and just in just case everybody's just forgetting what Gurley did, even though they had to abandon the run, he was averaging four yards a pop last yep. week against yeah. Seattle. And yeah. better than that in the first half as well, before Seattle really sold out to stop the run in the second half, which that I, I, I was watching a Todd Gurley that I kind of expected to see, which is not prime Todd Gurley, but it's still somebody who's going to get you. Uh, four or five yards a pop. He still falls yeah. forward. Much like Zeke, I'm not comparing the two, but they, they, they have that same kind of running game. More of a side-to-side game for Gurley, and I don't think he's at the level of Zeke, but at the same time, he does present some of the same challenges to an opposing defense, and he opens up the play-action game, which is exactly what Dan Quinn wants to do. The Cowboys lead the all-time series 17 Two eleven. The last meeting went in favor of the Cowboys 22-19 back in 2018. However, Atlanta has had the best of the Cowboys in three of the last four meetings. So Cowboys looking to make it two in a row on Sunday. We'll preview the defensive side of the football during tomorrow's show. But when we come back, got some question marks for some more help on that offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about if the tight ends could help out on the offensive tackle side when we return here on Talking Cowboys. 
I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here with the final segment of Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us on DallasCowboys.com. It's the Wednesday edition as we're just a couple days away, halfway through the week, going into Falcons week here at the Star. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Cowboys insider Rob Phillips. Rob Phillips, I just saw a tweet. There is an article you put up on DallasCowboys.com looking at some of the bright spots from that loss, Uh, a not-so-bright spot. From Sunday's loss against the Ram, no more Blake Jarwin for the remainder of the season as tight end one has gone down, and that's unfortunate for mm. him and for the Cowboys because oh, this was uh, this was supposed to be the breakout year. This was supposed to be the year he finally got those snaps, finally got that opportunity to show what he's made of, got the extension, and in game one, it, he goes down. But now you kind of have to make some adjustments, and as we've got about seven minutes left in the show, guys, I want to talk about maybe having those tight ends play to their strength in terms of Blake uh, Blake Bell and Dalton Schultz. Their strengths are blocking. They're not necessarily the best receivers in a, in the tight end room. I think I would even throw maybe a Cole Hickatini up there in front of a couple of those guys, maybe on the off of the practice squad. But when you talk about blocking tight ends, Rob, these are two guys that could get the job done. Can we get these two to help out on the offensive tackle side should Terrence still need some help on that offensive line? You know, you, you kind of sent a chill down my spine at the end of the last segment when you talked about the Falcons winning a couple of these games lately against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I thought about 2017. Oh, boy, 2017. Whoa. How, oh many times was, how many times was Dak sacked in that game? Eight, Eight? times Eight. for 50 yards. Oh. A nightmare game. The Chaz Green game, poor Chaz Green. 
<laughs> and and the, the same situation this week. I think they've got to be ready to give help uh, to Terrence Steele. And, and and to your point, I think they did that. You know, I, I think they didn't wait yeah. uh, to see how he fared one on one. They there were there was tight ends like Isaiah predicted it. They had tight ends in his hip pocket. They had a, two tight ends at times chipping away. And I think you're going to see that. To your point, yeah, Blake Bell uh, can do that. And, and Blake Jarwin's – I'm sorry, Blake Jarwin. Dalton Schultz can be an all-around tight end. I think he can help some of that too. Ekma? Yeah, I'm hoping that they get some help over there. And, and knowing what we want to do in the running game with Ezekiel Elliott, is, we're going to have to get still uh, some help. But, again, when you go back and watch the tape, for everything that people are saying about Steele, it wasn't until the last – pretty much drive that it things kind of fell apart for the for the young undrafted rookie other than that I think we were able to go into our full you know all of our all of our plays that we wanted to call we were able to do that even with the rookie out there uh I I think we got to go some 12 personnel fellas Mm. I I just think that you can't leave these guys on an island by themselves out there at tackle um I don't I think that you're going to want you still need to get a tight end out um I don't want to get a tight end out at the while while leaving that tackle on an island so I think you need to have two tight ends in the game let one of them get out and in a route. Let one of them sit in and block. Uh, you probably won't see CD as much as you would like to. Um, obviously, being in 12 personnel, but I mean, you have to protect the home, right? Right, which is Dak, um, and you need to lean on your strength, which is obviously Freaky Zeke. So um, I think that their answer going forward, obviously not the entire game, but to establish themselves in this offense and get the ball moving, get these chains moving, is 12 personnel. So 12 for protection for Dak, or, or you said at least one of the tight ends going yeah, out. Yeah, so, so 12 personnel, right? So being that one, 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 one tight end is actually down in a three-point stance, the other right. tight end is really in his hip pocket, right? And right. one of those tight ends being able to get off the ball and go I run a route while the other one's sitting there in the hip pocket at the tackle protecting Dak. So um, I think that you probably put Bell in and let Bell sit in there and be attached to that tackle, and you let Schultz go out and run his little stick routes or whatever else you may need while you know being able to get, initiate the run, initiate play action, and get the get Gallup and, and Cooper out in routes. And Man, Rob, that's tough. That's stuff that you. I mean, that you may have to do that just to compensate for, uh, you know, protection is because your best package is eleven. You know, and that's yeah, I, that's, and that's just it. the reality of it, I guess. Yeah, yep. and I kind of want to go off of the twelve per personnel look and, and having Zeke in the ball game or Tony Pollard if you wanted to, to flip flop the two of them and having that extra protection. Even in the passing game, you could have a Tony Pollard and Zeke be an extra blocker along with that extra tight end on the edge of the line, but. Whenever, Rob, whenever we were at training camp and we were looking at the the different, at least, scheme looks from the Cowboys, 12 personnel was in the mix. And it it was because of Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Do you expect Blake Bell to just come in and have some success in 12 personnel immediately? I'm with Isaiah. I think you're probably going to have to see more of it. I think, how many snaps did Blake Bell have in the game? Like eight? Something yeah. like that. I was, yeah. I was, I was surprised uh, that maybe he didn't, he didn't, he played as le- as few as he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with Isaiah on that. I think, I think ideally what the Cowboys did last year was 11 personnel most of the time mm-hmm. uh, with Randall Cobb. And I think that's still their best package, obviously with CeeDee Lamb. And I think he showed, he showed some flashes of, of exactly mm-hmm. what he can be. Um, but yeah, I, I think based on 
what they might have to do in certain situations, I think you're going to see more of Blake Bell. And I think that's why they, I think that's why they signed him. I mean, he was more yep. of that utility mm-hmm. type tight end uh, for the Chiefs last year. A nice compliment to Kelsey, who's obviously an elite pass catching tight end. Yeah, I think situationally I'm fine with 12 personnel, but it all just goes to, to hell in a handbasket when you say take take CeeDee Lamb off the field. Right? So yeah. I, I want my weapons, all of my weapons on the field, but I understand where you're coming from, especially from a protection standpoint, but we're going to have to play the percentages. And Rob, again, that you know, situational, fo- situational football, situational awareness, and making sure that we get Dak the protection that he needs. But if you look at the drives from last week's game, you realize that the offense we had it going, there were a couple drives that did sputter. But at the same time, look, we can't change what we've, we're doing, for, especially for a defense that didn't bring a lot to the table last, as far as sacks and things like that. Tack McKinley will be out there. Uh, they have a lot. Also at the front line, I can't think of the guy's name, but they have a few defenders that we have to be aware of, but I don't, I don't see us changing what we do. And if we're talking 12, what are the percentages of playing 12 personnel? That's, that's what I'm saying. As long as it, if, it, if it's taking CeeDee Lamb off the field, I don't like it. <laughs> that's fair yeah and and heck well the guy you were thinking of Grady Jarrett is also in that mix and and whenever Grady you, Jarrett made the Pro Bowl six-year six-year veteran from Clemson Grady yep. Jarrett that's him yep and he's fantastic as well that's going to be a stout defensive line they had three sacks of, of Russell Wilson the, the other day in, in their loss on Sunday so I think overall the the offensive line is going to have another tough test and I think if you can give some extra help I know David Hellman is is upstairs in the building or he's at home somewhere and I know he's just cringing with the thought of 12 personnel because he hates it. But uh, there's just definite need for an extra blocker should there uh, be some struggles on Sunday in terms of slowing down that defensive line, and I think there might be uh, a couple of struggles. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys on this Wednesday. Glad you've been with us here over the last 45 minutes. Join us again tomorrow. We're going to flip the script. We're going to talk about the Falcons defense versus the Cowboys offense as we preview both sides of the football each week here on Talking Cowboys. But for Rob Phillips, for Heck Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman. Special thanks to Chris Beam in the back. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!